to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about having a baby and <laughs> how does it impact your ability to get a mortgage. Now, this actually comes from a list of the show, Marcus, who says, hey guys, love the podcast. My wife and I are currently unconditional on our first investment property. Thanks, Derry and the Opus team. Completion date is April. Now, we've just found out we're expecting our first baby. That's going to happen in September. He's put in brackets, very excited. That's very comforting to know, Marcus. <laughs> now, just wondering, what are your thoughts on how this will affect my lending and recommended next steps or even a podcast on the topic? So he's currently got a pre-approval with Westpac, which is his main bank, which includes his owner-occupier mortgage, though he is thinking about split banking. And he's got a mortgage broker, the team at Catalyst Financial, that he's talking with. So today's episode, we'll talk about, well, how how will this impact his ability to continue getting lending from Westpac and how should he deal with the situation? And ultimately, that's going to mean for anybody else out there who's got a project that's off the plans, under construction, if you do find you're having a baby, you can use similar things. And probably especially topical since today is Valentine's Day, Ed. And so if you've got an off the plans investment, make sure tonight stays tame, please. <laughs> <laughs> well... How would this generally impact somebody's ability to get finance if you do find out you're having a baby? Well, it's twofold. Number one is, generally speaking, someone might stop work for a period of time. So there's the potential that you're going to have a reduction in income. (laughs) The double-edged sword, you've also got higher living expenses because apparently those kids cost money. Oh, the nappies are expensive, Andrew. How much are they, Ed? I don't know. I don't have kids. <laughs> it's just what I see on Reddit. You should know. I'm sure Lauren's currently stocking up. Oh, God. Yeah, look, you've got two issues there. Income down, high living expenses. When the bank looks at your minimum income to run a family, two adults is cheaper than two adults and one kid. 100%. I think last time I checked, so it's probably changed, it's about $350 it's a month per kid. It's not, it's not a lot. Now, let me ask you this. In Marcus's specific situation, the good news is that the baby is due after the build. So how would this impact his pre-approval with Westpac ballpark? Well, look, this is actually a little bit of a tricky one because the question, do I tell the bank and or do I lie? Don't ever tell the bank a lie. There was an article in the paper over the break that I remember reading, and I think I sent it to you, Ed. And this couple, I think they were in Dunedin or something. Did they lie? Did they lie to the bank? Well, you didn't obviously read my text that I sent you. You probably sent it to your other podcast friend. Uh, um, <laughs> um, probably went to Ilsa. <laughs> Maybe I didn't send it to you. Turns out I sent it to my other friends. But anyway, Who was it? It was, it was Ollie. It was Ollie and Peter. Anyway, they... <laughs> I see. <laughs> So basically, this couple, and she was well along the process of incubation, and <laughs> I don't know what it's called. And um, Pregnancy! <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, they've gone to their mortgage broker, and their broker had basically suggested wearing a baggy jacket into the bank. No! <laughs> no, promise you. And that is just, you don't want to go down that path. Don't lie to the bank. Having said that, one of the things that Lauren and I were talking about, because I was applying for some more lending is the fact that in the earlier stages, it sometimes isn't successful, which is a terrible thing to talk about, but sometimes people lose babies. And so there is that delicate time where you don't tell anyone. And so do you tell your bank? 
Do you? Well, I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that. We're much further along now than than that was a risk, but but that was just something as I was filling out the application that I considered. So I think more information is better than less information when you're working with a bank because if, for example, Lauren and I don't have a baby at the moment, I put no children on my application, I sent it to the bank. Well, the bank will see my credit card statement and the number of baby purchases that Lauren's making. They'll put two and two together and they'll get annoyed that I haven't disclosed it. So buy your prams and cash is what you're saying. <laughs> and so I think it's important you just give all the information to the bank or your broker and then they work through with you what your options are. Now, in that particular article, they ended up going back. I think they felt uncomfortable with the broker's advice. And so what they did was they went to the bank and the bank actually said, look, so long as you get a letter from your employer stating that, in this case, the wife was going to take a period of time off, so long as you get a, a letter stating that your job is open for you and and you'll return within 12 months, then we'll accept that. What bank was it? BNZ, I think, from memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BNZ, from my understanding of talking to brokers, tends to have the most pregnancy-friendly policies. <laughs> there are going to be some bankers listening to this who won't be happy with that, but my understanding is they have, within their lending guidelines, a bit more wiggle room for yeah. people who, who are having babies, which I think is 100% the right thing yeah. to do. Now, what would happen if, say, Westpac looked at Marcus's application after he says, look, we're having a baby. What would happen if they said, well, we're not going to fund you anymore because you were marginal and now this is going to push you over the line. You're not going to be able to afford it. Look, I think in the instance that you were approved previously, that would not be an issue. Based on my years of experience doing this, banks don't want to put someone in a worse position. And so something like having a baby is just a fact of life. And I've seen plenty of instances where coming up to settlement, the person might not meet bank criteria anymore because they've all of a sudden lost their job through to redundancy or or in this case pregnancy or something like that and the banks honoured their approval with the assumption that it's probably going to be back to normal at some stage in the near future. Now, not always the case. And if they did pull the funding, then probably I'd look at a non-bank lender. And a non-bank lender would take more of a pragmatic approach to this. And they'd probably say something like, well, based on both parties being back at work in the next 12 to 18 months, then it's going to serve us. So we've got an exit here. So we'll lend the money. But actually, that's one other thing that we'd just have to think about. Because what we haven't got from Mark is... is what their intentions are. So if they were a two-income household and actually now one of the partners has decided, actually, I don't want to work, I want to raise the children, that could impact the income side of their application and being that in the bank size, they couldn't afford it anymore. Yeah. But what you might do in that situation is get your letter from your employer, go back to work temporarily perhaps, start working again, and then once you're able to service that mortgage effectively, then decide that that's the decision you're going to make. Well, this is the ridiculous thing. People can change their situation after they've got a mortgage. So let's say I want a million dollar mortgage for a massive house for myself, and then I go out and get that, and then I decide, right, I'm going to go self-employed. Now, I might need to get two years worth of financials to be able to have that mortgage as a self-employed person, but because it's already in place, well, the bank's not going to call it in. No, 100%. And similarly, you might take out a large mortgage, 
based on your income that you're earning, running a reasonably large business, Andrew, and then you could decide, don't you dare do this, but you could <laughs> decide to stop working tomorrow. And again, the bank's not going to pull that mortgage. Now, of course, you'll get called up if you don't stop meeting those mortgage Absolutely. repayments. If you're making your payments, generally speaking, the bank will leave you alone. That's not always the case, just remember. So some commercial type arrangements, so, so for example, because I have investment properties that are deemed as commercial lending, there are review dates on those. So they will review them and get new financials every year. But for a normal residential homeowner, normally no issue. Now, let me just query those. Are those properties that you're referencing there, are they classic commercial no, buildings? No, they're residential properties. Yeah, but they're on commercial terms. So would that be like a room-by-room room rental or a dual key? No, they're just residential properties, but the bank, because of the size of the lending, deem me to be a commercial risk. Oh, because you, you've tipped over into the commercial yes, side of the yes. bank. So, Marcus, let's wrap it up there. But I just want to say congratulations for two things. First of all, you've got your new bundle of joy on the way. That's your property. And then you've also got <laughs> then you've also got a kid on the way, which is just wonderful. And hopefully, you know, one's going to cost you money, one's going to make you money. So hopefully Balance one will pay out. for the other. And if you're like Marcus and want to build a property portfolio, then you can always come and see us for some advice and to look at some properties as well. If you want to find out about how that works, I'm going to drop a link to that in the show notes. So tap or swipe over the cover art. You'll be able to read it in there or you can always go to opuspartners.co.nz Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of your selling property market. Until next time.